Sunday was a day filled with multiple massive upsets around the Big East in women's hoops. I'll recap what upsets headlined a wild day here on today's edition of the Igloo. So, obviously, day two of this, you know, opening weekend of conference play, you know, they had that five-pack of games on Friday, five more league games on Sunday, including the Jimmy V Women's Classic. So where shall we begin? Well, probably a really good place to start. Well, I don't want to lead into the big stories in to start off. Like I, I you know, like I'll, I'll pull you in. You know, you're you're already listening now, right? It's only, we're only like a minute in, right? So Villanova, Providence. By the way, Villanova. They won this game, but despite going 1-1, one and one, including a game which they got throttled by Creighton, they still remain ranked? I mean, no disrespect, but, I mean, it, it just it, it just puzzled me a little bit given some of the other results that we saw around women's college hoops, including, you know, what I'm going to get into in a little bit. But Villanova, they bounced back from that tough loss Friday night by dismantling Providence, I guess taking out the frustration from losing just two nights before, 79-54 the final, and they really set the tone up 26-14 after one and 48-27 at the break. Maddie Seegers continuing her tear, 29 points, 4 of 6 from deep, 12 of 18 from the floor, add in 14 points and 6 assists from Lucy Olsen, 6 of 10 from the floor, 2 for 5 from deep. Bella Runyon came in with 10 points, 5 assists as well, 4 of 5 from the floor, 2 of 3 from deep in 26 minutes. Maddie Berg knocked down 3 three-pointers to finish with 9 points. Christina Dalsey, 2 points, 7 rebounds in 15 minutes. Brooke Mullen, scoreless once again, just just having a tough time shooting the rock, but she did have five assists in this game. Megan Olbreeze continues her hot streak. You know, she's... When she plays really well, she gets a lot of minutes. I mean, she only played two minutes Friday against Creighton. She plays 17 against Providence and scores six points. Three of three from the field. Four points for Caitlin Oriole in 14 minutes. Zanae Jones knocked down a three. And then Anahi Lee Cauley with two. As a whole, Villanova shot 52% from the floor, nearly 40 43% from three. They made 12 three-pointers compared to Providence's three. And that was on 10 attempts, and they the Cats hold the Friars just under 40% from the field. Leading the way for the Friars, Janae Crooms. A double-double, 16 points, 10 boards, 7 of 14 from the floor, made her only three-point attempt of the game. Funny thing is, all 10, they played 10, and every single player scored. Olivia Olsen had 8 points, 6 for Kylie Shepard, 
Brent Farrell knocked down a three. One for six from the floor, just one of four from deep. Emily Archibald, just two points on one of three shooting. And then the bench, I mean, I thought they did pretty well. 19 total points. Grace Afosa had seven of them. Four for Logan Cook. And then Naraya Scott and Megan Herter, each with three. And then Audrey Koch with two. So Villanova evens their Big East record at 1-1. One one. Providence, they fall to 0-2 in the league. Well, let, let's get to the upsets. Creighton-St. John's, a massive upset in a battle of unbeatens as the Johnnies upset the Jays. And they set the tone. They were up 9 at the end of 1, and it was a 13-point game at the half. 39-26, I, I literally looked at the score, you know, when I looked at the ESPN app, I'm like, whoa. And, you know, you look at the numbers, and yeah, it, it definitely tells the story as to how this game was won. St. John's able to knock down their threes and keep Creighton in check from deep, although they did nearly shoot themselves back into the game. But St. John's, they protected the basketball, shot it well, and they remain unbeaten by shocking the Jays at Carneseca, 66-62, a massive upset for Joe Tartamella and company. Jayla Everett with 20 points, 8 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 4 from deep. Kadeja Bailey with 13 points, and they also got 13 off the bench from Unique Drake in 25 minutes. 9 points, 11 boards for Raven. Raven Peoples, eight points for Mimi Reed. And then in 10 minutes, Danielle Patterson had three points and four rebounds. And Jillian Archer played 21 minutes and was held scoreless, four rebounds and one assist and didn't even get a shot off. But looking at Creighton shooting numbers, I mean, they were... They had a really tough day shooting from deep, especially in the first half. You know, they and they nearly shot themselves back into the game by knocking down some three pointers. And Laura Jensen led the way with 21, nine of 17 from the floor, three of seven from deep. Morgan Molly fouled out in this game, 15 points, six rebounds, six of 11 from the floor, two of five from behind the arc. One player that kind of played a big role in keeping Creighton within striking distance. I mean, she had six of her nine in the first half. That was freshman Kennedy Townsend. Four or five from the floor, knocked down her only three-point attempt of the game. Six points each from Emma Ronzik and Carly Bachelor. But, I mean, Ronzik was just one of eight from the floor. Bachelor was better at three for six. Molly Mogensen. Not quite the same performance that she had at Nova. Three points, five boards, five assists. One of three from deep, one of eight from the field. And then the only other play to score off the bench, that would be Keani Lockett, another freshman who didn't become active until November 22nd. So right before Thanksgiving, and she scored her first college points in this game. Two points in five minutes. But a massive upset. 
for the Johnnies. And by the way, I thought they were going to get a little more respect. 14 votes. I thought that was a... I don't think that's right. I'm not saying they deserve to be ranked right away, but I mean... 14 votes, that's it? And then that gets me into... I mean, okay... One vote for this next team after coming off an upset. Okay. One. I thought one would be the bare minimum. I thought they would get, with how they've been playing as of late, I thought they'd be getting a little more than that. But Seton Hall and Walsh Gym proving again. I thought Marquette would exercise their demons in Walsh Gym. Well, I guess I was wrong. Seton Hall. Upsets Marquette, 82-78. I mean, at least this time, Marquette, you know, it was a really close game. But Seton Hall, the second quarter had been their Achilles heel when they've lost. This time, it works in their favor once again, 20-12 in the second after going down 21-20 after one. And that's more than a, that paces them to an 82-78 victory. And by the way, Two of their five starters were held scoreless, but when you get 54 combined from LPL and Sydney Cooks, yeah, you're going to win more often than not. LPL had 31 points and 7 assists. Sydney Cooks, 23 points, 10 of 14 from the floor, knocked down her only three-point attempt of the game. Now, three-point shooting came at... didn't really come often. Seton Hall was 3 for 13 from deep. 5 for 18 for the Golden Eagles. But, I mean, inside the arc, that's where both teams were better. Seton Hall inside the arc was 25-48. That's over 50%. We, uh, meanwhile, Marquette, 22 for 51 inside the arc. With still under under 50%, but a heck of a lot better than the 5 for 18 they shot from deep. Anyways, Case Satterfield with 12 points and 6 rebounds off the bench. I think... It, it seems like she's finding her rhythm now and becoming the sixth woman of this team. Meanwhile, Shalyn Hagens with seven points, three of six from the floor, one of two from deep. Five points and eight minutes off the bench from Jayla Jordan. Azana Baines with four points and seven boards in 15 minutes. And as you, Amari Wright did foul out, but, you know, that's her style. She plays aggressive defense. And she played 20 minutes... With that aggressive defense, like, yeah, that makes sense. As for Marquette, Chloe Murata went off and rightfully rightfully earned a spot on the Big East Weekly Honor Roll. 30 points, 12 boards, 9 of 17 from the field. 14 from Jordan King to go with 5 boards and 5 assists. 12 from Liza Carlin and 9 rebounds, but 3 for 14 from the field. That's not the best day for the junior Nia Clark, though, 10 points, 3 assists, 4 of 6 from the floor, and 2 for 2 from behind the arc. Off the bench, only 10 combined bench points. By the way, Rosen Kumu with 2 points, 27 minutes. Mackenzie Hare with 8 points, 3 of 8 from the floor, just 1 of 6 from deep, and then they got 2 points from Kennedy Miles. So, big win for the Hall as they keep their momentum going. After a 
really rough start. You know, they started 2-0, lost three in a row. Now they have won four in a row. Obviously, the big thing with the Hall is, you know, you got to find consistency in the weeks to come, especially when you have a short turnaround when you got to play Ryder at home on a Friday, and then you got to fly to Orlando to play UCF two days later. Meanwhile, DePaul Butler, Big East opener for the Blue Demons. Well, one thing I'm encouraged by, well, Butler's proving that you know they're not a per- they're not a pushover. They might be 0-2 in the league, but they have valiantly challenged two solid teams in St. John's and DePaul. The Blue Demons end up well. First of all, they were up seven at halftime, 34, 11, excuse me, 34-23 at the break, and then Butler goes on a tear, 27 points just in the third quarter to get themselves back within one possession. But DePaul, actually to get them within one, within a point, not a possession. But DePaul pulls away in the fourth, and they end up winning 78-72. Anissa Morrow doing what she does best. Another double-double, 28 points, 14 rebounds. 25 for Darion Rogers, who had seven assists, six three-pointers on 13 attempts. Nine for 18 from the field. By the way, Morrow also... 50% 50% from the floor even at 12 to 24. 13 from Anaya Peoples. Five boards, five assists. How about you know, Kendall Holmes? When they get contributions from her, though that adds another dimension. But nine points, three of seven from the floor, two of four from deep. Jory Allen with six points. Three points, excuse me, and fouled out six rebounds. And then they had three players come off the bench, but none of them scored. DePaul was really good for the field. 30 of 61. That's just under 50%. And 11 three-pointers compared to Butler's five. Leading the way for the dogs, Rachel McLemore. 17 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 5 of 10 from the floor, 3 for 5 from behind the arc. 13 from Sydney Janes, 5 of 6 from the floor, 10 points for Anna Mortog. And by the way, 5 players came off the bench for Butler, all 5 of them scored. And they combined for 25 points. Pretty good. 7 of the 7 of those points came from Shea Frederick. Six from Caroline Strand, five from Tenley Dowell, four for Trinity White, which pretty sure that's the first time. So it's been weird. Trinity White was expected to be a factor on this team, but she is only averaged less than a point a game and only averaging six and a half minutes. But she scored four points in 15 minutes in this one, and they got three points as well from Kelsey Taylor, and then seven points in 16 minutes from Jessica Carruthers. So Doug Bruno and the Blue Demons win their Big East opener. In a pretty big upset, UConn-Notre Dame in the Jimmy V Women's Classic in South Bend. 
The Fighting Irish really set the tone with a solid first quarter. And then the second quarter, they really blew it open. It became a 17-point game at the break. 41-24. But in the end, Notre Dame pulls the upset by double digits. 74-60 the final. And worth noting, AZ Fudd got hurt early in this game. So not having her on the floor, obviously a big factor as to why the game went the way that it did. I mean, she's going to be a consensus All-American if she keeps playing the way that she has up until this game. But obviously I'm addressing the elephant in the room. UConn lost because of the fact that, you know, a a big contributing factor in that is the fact that AZ Fudd got hurt. But to put the attention back on the victors in this game, they shot 56% from the field, out-rebounded the Huskies 39-26. And Olivia... They had five players in double figures, four starters. Olivia Miles, who is just a phenomenal player, 21 points, eight boards, four assists on 10 of 18 shooting. They got Maddie Westbeld to score 17 points and nine rebounds, grab nine rebounds, six of 11 from the floor, three for five from behind the arc, 10 each from Dara Mabry and Sonia Citron. And off the bench, how about 12 from Lauren Ebo in 30 minutes? 6 of 10 from the field. And then 2 points each from Kylie Watson and KK Bransford. As for the Huskies, Lil lopez Senechal did her best to try to pick up the slack in place of FUD. 21 points, 7 of 17 shooting, 3 for 5 from behind the arc. Aliyah Edwards, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 6-12 from the floor. Also knocked down a 3, but I want to make mention of this. Nika Mule had a season-high 11 points. However, in this game she had a season-low 5 assists. 6 rebounds also got herself in a bit of a foul trouble. She played all 40 minutes, but racked up four fouls. Aubrey Griffin, you know she was going to come back down to earth eventually, but only three points, one of five from deep, one of 12 from the floor, six rebounds. And then off the bench, I mean, they got 11 combined bench points, five from Amari DeBerry, who was perfect from the field at two for two. Ayanna Patterson with four points and three rebounds in 20 minutes, and then Caroline Ducharme had only a couple free throws in 13 minutes. So the Huskies fall to 6-1, and one, their first L of the year, and against a Notre Dame team that just a few days before got beat by Maryland at the buzzer in their home building. But this time they protect the home court. Now in a game I actually got to watch a lot of, considering it was on FS1, Xavier Georgetown at McDonough Arena, Georgetown really set the tone. They were up 10 after 1 and 13 at halftime. So Xavier got off to a bit of a rough start in this game. 
you know, and they turned the ball over a lot. And that was a big reason why the game went the way that it did. 21 turnovers, and I'm pretty sure they that two-thirds of them were in the first half. Xavier made it a game. I mean, they tried as best they could. It was down to 10 at the end of three at 52-42, but led by a career night for Kennedy Fauntleroy, the Hoyas pulled away and went 74-52. And talk about Fauntleroy, a very, very high candidate to... Be in, in the race for Big East Women's Hoops Freshman of the Year. And a performance like this gets her on the map. 28 points, 5 assists, 11 of 15 from the floor, 4 of 6 from deep. And her mid-range game is phenomenal, by the way. 13 points for Kelsey Ransom, who was a pest defensively. 9, nine boards, 4 assists. 10, bo- uh, 10 points for Christina Moore, who definitely got her three ball going better. Two of five from D, three of eight from the floor. Ariel Jenkins made a difference off the bench. 16 minutes, nine points, six boards, and just protecting the rim inside. Four blocks for the sophomore. Meanwhile, Six points for Grace Ann Bennett. Brianna Scott got the start and scored four points. Both Bennett and Scott each had six rebounds. Meanwhile, two points each off the bench for Kalia Myricks. And Yasmin not even got into the act with a bucket of her own. As a whole, Georgetown, six of 13 from deep. That's 46%. They shot 48% overall from the field. Xavier made nine three-pointers to try to at least attempt to keep themselves in the game. 9 of 21 from deep, but really struggled inside the arc. Just 10 of 35. And by the way, that drops them overall. Like, like in, So inside the arc, they were just right around 28.6%. Leading the way off the bench, Cajun Woods was solid. 11 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 6 from behind the arc. 10 each for Michaela Scarlin and Taylor Smith. Nine points for another really good freshman in this league, Fernanda Ovalle. Three points in 26 minutes from Courtney Pranger. Anaya Harris was held scoreless in 16 minutes. Uh, but back to the bench. Season debut for Kent State transfer Nyla Blackford. She had three points in 10 minutes. Kaylee Addy with a three in 20 minutes. And then a free throw from Shelby Calhoun, who, I mean, had a good game if we're not counting the scoring. Five boards. Five assists. And by the way, Georgetown out rebounded Xavier 52 to 42. So looking ahead to some action happening around the Big East coming up. I mean, so Marquette is no longer ranked. Villanova still somehow, some way at number 25. Seton Hall, only one vote. I thought they were going to get a few more. But, I mean, St. John's only getting 14 votes. I thought they would have gotten a little more respect than that, but whatever. 
Anyways, so by the way, speaking of Marquette, they were supposed to have a game with Morgan State on Wednesday. That is no more. Trying to figure out as to why that is. Uh, I'm going to do my best to figure that out. Aha. So, according to the Marquette website, according to this press release, oh, this is this is still... I'm not trying to say, like, oh... I don't want to come off the wrong way when I say this. But I really thought that the COVID outbreaks were going to be... Hopefully put to a screeching halt, but apparently not. Because the the game was canceled due to COVID health and safety protocols within Morgan State's program. So I'm and as you guys know, at this point, if you've heard my takes on COVID, I am not a COVID denier. I very much take it seriously. I'm just shocked that. Here we are, and we there's an outbreak within Morgan State's program, which, you know, they're an HBCU in the MEAC and in a pretty big city, Baltimore. So it, it definitely surprised me a little bit to read that. It most certainly did. But to go on, by the way, Marquette was going to beat Morgan State no matter what, but in terms of the games that are actually going to happen... Number 25, Villanova, welcoming winless American University. No doubt in my mind, Nova's going to win at the Finn. Um, other games happening. Uh, in Friartown, Brown is taking on Providence. Brown's not bad. They're 6-3. and three. And their losses, Fairfield, which isn't a horrible loss. Duquesne, and then they're... Third loss came against Holy Cross, but Providence, I, I like them bouncing back after going 0-2 this past weekend, uh, back in Alumni Hall, taking care of business. Now, Butler taking on Southern Indiana, which, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they're in the transition year in D1. I mean, they're 3-3. Three and three. Two of their wins came against non-D1 teams. I think Butler... I mean, I I just realized I'm saying I mean a lot. I promise I'll fix that vocal tick. But the level of competition that Southern Indiana has faced compared to Butler, vastly different. And I think Butler, they looked really good despite a couple of losses to St. John's and DePaul. I got Butler winning. Now, DePaul at Loyola, Chicago. The Ramblers are 3-6 and six on the year. Their only wins, they beat Western Michigan, St. Francis, PA, and St. Francis, PA is bad. And they beat Bradley, though. Former Missouri Valley rival. I think DePaul... After that rough one and two star, other than the Towson game, they've looked pretty good. 
I think the Blue Demons win in this inner city rivalry. Now, as we look ahead, uh, continuing on to Thursday, I think you got some, well, two really good games. Well, actually, one really good game and a game that's, all right, under the radar. Number six, UConn fell to number six, by the way. They are hosting Princeton. And Princeton, five and two, only losses, again, against Villanova at home. And then they lost at Texas, who seems to be turning it around down in Austin. I like Princeton. They're a good team, and I respect them. Part of me is thinking, listen, I picked against them twice, and the last time it cost me. But UConn's UConn. Give me the Huskies winning, and then last but not least, even if AZ Fudd doesn't play, I think they're going to make the adjustment they need to and find a way to win. But I think Princeton is going to keep it closer than a lot of people think. But Iona at St. John's. St. John's, this is a game I'm looking at because you know what? If you're St. John's, you cannot have a hangover after knocking off Creighton in an upset. You absolutely cannot have that happen. I think St. John's will avoid that Avoid that because I think Tartamella is going to keep them locked in and not have them only enjoying this win and forgetting about the fact that they got to play Iona now. So give me the Johnnies winning. I think Iona will try to keep it as close as they can, but St. John's should win. Probably running away with it, probably sometime in the second half. Unlike their other game against Creighton where, you know, they got up big in the first half and Creighton and they had to withstand a pretty big comeback from the Jays. But obviously, Iona is no Creighton by any means. It's more of a respect thing to Creighton versus a knock on Iona. But, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it. So I'm going to take... St. John's winning, but again, the big thing here is can't have a hangover game against the Gales coming off that upset win over the Jays. Almost reminiscent of like DePaul beating Texas Tech and then losing to Buffalo vibes. I just don't think it'll happen with Joe Tartamella's group. So that's going to do it for this episode. Men's episode coming out tomorrow, and I've got a pretty good segment coming up. There has been a lot of interesting things coming out of Georgetown. On the men's side, with Dante Harris entering the portal. A tough loss in overtime to South Carolina. In a game that a careless mistake allowed South Carolina... Just opened the door enough for South Carolina to force overtime and eventually win. Sorry if that's a spoiler alert if you haven't been following anything, by the way. But I've got... Omar from Hoya Breakdown to break down everything that's happening, give his thoughts about what's been going on um, around the Hoyas program and getting restless with uh, the legendary Patrick Ewing at the helm. So that's a wrap on this episode of the Igloo. And I'm releasing this pretty late at night, but at this point, who gives a shit? Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow here on the Igloo.